Welcome to Divorce Right, HR solutions for divorce in the workplace. I'm your host, Vicki Townsend, and welcome to the show for HR directors, managers, and department heads looking for solutions for their divorcing employees. Divorce is the second highest life stressor coming in just slightly behind death of a loved one. From presenteeism to absences and everything in between, divorcing employees cost our country billions of dollars each year in lost productivity. In this show, you'll learn how you can help your employees through this very challenging life event. So join us every Monday where we dive into the -the state-of-the-art techniques, tips, and real-world solutions for divorcing employees in the workplace. You'll meet thought leaders from the divorce and the human resources industries from across the country. You'll hear from industry giants in the fields of mental health, legal matters, finance, issues with children, and so much more to help you help your employee through this incredibly challenging life event. So put it on your calendar and learn how you can make this process a better one for your team. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for being uh, with us today. My name is Vicki Townsend, and I'm the founder and president at Divorce Right. And we provide training for HR professionals and for anybody in a leadership capacity, supervisory capacity, anybody with um, direct reports. And so we we provide the training for you and we provide divorce coaching and case management for your divorcing employees. And we tackle that biggest of disruptors in your company, divorce. And today we're discussing how your employees from other countries will experience divorce in different ways that is true to their background and their culture. So today we will be discussing how Asian employees go through divorce so that you can understand what they're going through and that that may be very different from a traditional American divorce. So please meet Elizabeth Yang, CEO and founder of Yang Law Offices. And she has been practicing law since 2007 and specializes in intellectual property law, including patent, copyright, and trademark uh, prosecution and litigation, business law, including corporate entity formation, contract drafting, contract disputes, litigation, family law, including divorce, child custody, child support, alimony, and asset division. She's in estate planning, including establishing wills and trusts. She is fluent in Mandarin Chinese. And Elizabeth was admitted to the United States Patent and Trademark Office in 2007. At the age of 19, she earned her bachelor's degree in electrical engineering and computer science from UC Berkeley in just two and a half years. Prior to starting her own practice, Elizabeth gained extensive experience at various international intellectual property law firms, where her practice primarily focused on a variety of technologies. Elizabeth further has extensive experience dealing with family law issues involving child custody, child support, alimony, asset division, and prenuptial and postnuptial agreements. Being a divorced mother of two young children, she understands and can relate to clients who are also undergoing emotions. She has represented family law clients both efficiently, both efficiently and compassionately at various stages of litigation and trial. Elizabeth earned her mediation certification in 2015 from the Los Angeles County Bar Association and has assisted many combative litigants in resolving their issues through mediation and alternative dispute resolution. Elizabeth is a best-selling author and to date has published a total of six books. In 2017, Elizabeth published her first best-selling book, The Big Secret, alongside Jack Canfield, 
author of Chicken Soup for the Soul series. And in 2018, Elizabeth published her second book, Stress-Free Divorce, to assist parties going through a very difficult time in their lives. And her most recent books include The Authorities, uh, Powerful Wisdom from Leaders in the Field, Women in the Modern Business World, and Social Marriage, and Asian Women Who Boss Up. And she is our boss up today. Thank you so much, Elizabeth, for joining us here today as we talk about how the Asian culture experiences divorce. And I know that you know that. And we've uh, actually chatted and had you on our actual training program about Asians and divorce. So I thought it was really important that we open this up and have this conversation today. So thank you so much. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on this, Vicki. It's always nice to talk to you. Absolutely. And, you know, you have been... um, such an inspiration on understanding how people from around the world experience divorce um, at, in different ways. And so much so that we thought that it was really important to, in our training, to put in that cultural, the cultural differences. So I wanted to just kind of turn it over to you and talk about what some of the cultural differences are in the Asian community, in the Asian community that we here in the United States might find different, unusual, um, things like that. Cause I know that I learned from you that in the Chinese culture that arranged marriages was uh, quite a, quite a normal thing. And I didn't realize that I knew that in an Indian, uh, marriages, but was not that familiar with that in Chinese, in the Chinese culture. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, our, our main office is located in the city of Monterey Park, um, about 15 minutes east of downtown LA. And it's in the heart of San Gabriel Valley, which is very Asian centric. Um, we, we've got really good dim sum. So a lot of people come out for, for good food. But um, majority of my clients are of Asian descent, um, predominantly Chinese. And many of them come from um, China and Taiwan. You know, they, they, they've been here a few years. They weren't born here. They weren't raised here. Um, so I see a lot of differences between uh, divorces from my uh, Chinese clients versus divorces from my non-Asian clients. Um, one of the biggest differences is um and these are like stereotypes, you know, it's not the same across the board, uh, but generally um, couples from from Asia, from China, from Taiwan, they're they're more conservative and the divorce topic is very taboo. Um, it's not something um, that's tread on so lightly, like here in the U.S. Here, here in California, the divorce rate in general is 70 percent. So most couples you know, it's like the divorce is like a natural thing. If I go and talk to a bunch of my friends here in America, the, it's it's very normal for people to say, oh, yeah, I've been divorced in the past. It's actually more often than not 70 percent that folks are divorced. But in Asia, in China, in Taiwan, it's it's different. Um, it's it's frowned upon for people to get divorced, especially for women. If women get divorced, um their families almost want to disown them. You know, it's like they would rather someone be in an abusive, unhealthy relationship than say, I've been divorced. So, so that, that's how critical the the Asian community is. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. We had a, a 
we have a divorce coach in our community um, here at Divorce Right that is Indian. And she was in an arranged marriage. And um, when she told her mother that she wanted a divorce, her mother said, if you divorce him, I'll drink acid. Meanwhile, she was talking to her from the hospital with a broken arm, a broken clot, and a broken orbital bone. Oh, my gosh. Which had been going on a very long time. She, The mother was very well aware of that. And that was her answer. And I think she hung on in that marriage for another four years before she decided that she couldn't do it anymore and realized that she was going to have to take her chances because it was either going to be her life that the threat of from her mother. And um, so and, and also we have another uh uh, attorney uh, Jackie Harunian. She's in New York and she handles a lot of religious divorces. And she says, I can't tell you the number of times that parents have said to me, I would rather my child get cancer than get a divorce. Yeah, it's so true. And just by seeing a lot of my clients go through this, um, you know, their families are not supportive of divorce, no matter what the reason is, whether it's um, abuse or infidelity or whatnot, they're just not supportive of it. Um, very similar to prenups, because our, our law firm, we do prenups as well. Um, the Asian community frowns upon prenups. They, they think like, superstitions. You know, if you get a prenup, you might as well not get married because it's a foreboding that you're going to get a divorce. Just like how people don't get um, wills and trust. They don't do estate planning because there's a superstition. If we do estate planning, that means someone's going to die soon. So they don't even want to talk about the subject. It's like, let's just not talk about it, sweep it under the rug, sweep the prenup and the finances and all that under the rug. And let's just pray and hope it doesn't come up. Wow. Wow. So, so how do you, how, so, so how do you handle, and especially out there in California on the West coast of the United States um, and, and everywhere else too, but it does, there does seem to seem to be a, a larger, you know, population of the Asian culture out West. So if they've got um, an Asian employee that's going through a divorce, what are some of the things that, that they may be going through that, maybe their employer should start to learn about or understand, have an understanding anyway. I think just knowing these basics that divorce in Asian cultures are not the same as in Americanized cultures, that they are going through a, a lot of stress because it's, it's not just from their ex that they're divorcing. Now it's from the whole family and their whole community. They're getting judgments left and right. And now they're trying to figure out their new identity as a single person in the community and how to, gain back the respect from, from their family and friends if, if they if they ever will, you know, because now they have this new title on them, divorce. So it's a lot of stress consciously and subconsciously that they're going through um, during this, this process. And so for the employer to be understanding, maybe even provide some support networks, you know, counseling, therapy, um, some kind of um, educational courses for them to go through this healing process. Um, and, you know, support groups, I think, are very important because then folks realize they're not the only ones going through this, that there are a lot of other people that because a lot of folks who are going through divorce, they feel alone. They feel like everyone's lives are going great except mine. Why me? Why, why do I have to suffer this? Why does my family hate me? You know, just like how 
your your uh, the person you knew the mom was going to drink acid. Um, uh, one of my clients, their mom was going to commit suicide. She said, "If you're going to get out of this relationship, you're a horrible daughter, and I'm going to kill myself because I can't live with this disgrace that my daughter went through a divorce. I'm just going to you know die." Right. What kind of pressure is that? I mean, how horrible is it to be that daughter that says, "I'm coming to my mom." Because I'm in trouble, I'm in a relationship that is potentially almost killing me, and so how is there changing that culture? Is that is that something that is is modernizing through time, or is this still going to be something that people deal with on a regular basis? I think as generations come、um, and they get assimilated in the U.S.、Um, and, and they see different cultures and they see how it's okay for other people to go through divorces and it, it actually ends up being fine. They end up being happier and it's not the end of the world for them to be leaving a partner that's not right for them. As as folks here see that, then yes, it, it does get better and、um, and and things do change, but. For those who are new to the states, because there are people immigrating here on a on a daily basis that are brand new to Americanized culture, and, and all they knew was the bubble they lived in from the country they came from, those folks are still assimilating, and it's it's brand new. They're going through the process all over again. So the we talked about a little bit about.、Um, Uh, arranged marriages,、um, and that's something that here in the United States we don't necessarily、um, have a comfort level with that. So, can you talk a little bit about how that all come came around? How is it that that is, and what does that mean in the the cultural the culture of the the Asian community? Because、um, I have to be honest with you, I, I don't know how I would handle if my mother had picked out my husband for me when I was a baby. Although I'm not sure I did the best job myself, but、um, you know, I would love to know why that is and how that evolved and and what the meaning behind that is. Yeah, yeah. So I think one of the biggest cultural differences is.、Um, How close knit the family is in Asian cultures. Parents are very hands on and very controlling, even after the kids are grown. So here in in America, you know the the kids are eighteen. They're they're considered legally an adult. They go to college. They move out. They're independent. In Asian culture and Chinese culture,、um, you know, because I'm familiar with Chinese culture personally.、Um, Parents stay. Parents see their children forever as children. No matter if they're twenty five or thirty or forty or even fifty, they're always their children, and they're always going to control them. And so they want to have a say in their lives and their futures. And one of the biggest things, part of their life, is who they who they marry. And so for parents to have that control over their kids, they created arranged marriages so they can choose a partner, and they think they know best. Because they think their kids are they're going to do trial and error, find the wrong person, and so they think that based on the community and the family,、um, the whole family and community chooses the partner for the child based on you know parents know best, mother knows best, <laughs> that kind of philosophy, and then their expectation is that when kids grow older. 
um, they are required to take care of the parents. So there's oftentimes you see multiple generations living under the same roof. You've got the grandparents, their kids, and the grandkids all living together because it's the parents' job to take care of the grandparents. You're, you don't just move out and flock out of the nest and you're independent. You're supposed to come back and take care of the parents until they grow old for the rest of their lives. There's, there's no such thing as a senior a senior, you know, living center, assisted oh, living. Really? Yeah, like my mom would tell me, like, if you ever put me in a senior center and you're not here to take care of me, I would rather die. <laughs> like, oh, it's, wow. it's so shameful for an Asian person to be in a senior center because it shows that your kids abandoned you and they don't care about you. Oh, so see, there are so many things that we hear don't, you know, that things just aren't, aren't the same. And, and it doesn't mean that one is worse than the other. It just means they're different. And we need to, as, as employers, you know, come to an understanding that this is the way their family is and we have to help and support them. So what are some of the challenges, obviously telling mom, right? Like that and the family, how does that, how does that go? What is, what obviously like, you know, this, the woman that I was telling you about where her mother said she was going to drink acid and, and another one said that she was going to commit suicide. Is that typically, is that the typical answer in this? Because that, I can't imagine how stressful that would be. And in the case of this woman I was telling you about, that's, that's from India. Um, you know, she waited another four years before she actually left a man that had been beating her for when they were in India, he was beating her and her mother knew. So, you know, that's unbelievable pressure that I wouldn't, I would not have had that kind of pressure here in the United States. So I cannot imagine that that doesn't have an impact on employees as they show up to work and having to live in the in the case of my friend, the woman that was going to drink acid for four years, she lived in a home where she knew that her, her mother knew that she was being beaten, but that that was acceptable. Divorce was not. So how, how would you suggest uh, an employer can support their employee by getting them some sort of help around this issue when it's a cultural issue? I mean, this is, this is going back, hundreds and hundreds and thousands of years. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a culture issue and it's also a generational issue as well because um, grandparents, parents, they, they've lived their life the way it is and they feel like this is the right thing to do. But times are changing so quickly. And so as times change for the next generations, they feel like the older generation feels, feels like it's wrong because it's different from what they're used to. Like back in the day, like my grandparents, you know, if there was any issues, infidelity, um, struggles, they stuck together through thick and thin. They, they, divorce was not an option. And that's why the marriages lasted way longer. You know, my grandparents were, were together for 60, 70 years. And, yeah. 
And that's what they expect for the rest of their family and the generations. So when they see their children and grandchildren getting divorced, they're like, this is not right. You know, we stuck it out. How come you guys are calling it quits so easily without really giving it your all? But the problem is back then they weren't, um, I mean, the, the quality of life now is so much better than it was back then. And uh, I mean, we have we have like instant information. <laughs> we have we have phones, right. we have technology, we have emails, like everything is so fast. The quality of life 10 years ago, um, 20 years ago was was way, way less than it is now. So they were OK not experiencing the same level of joy and satisfaction that we expect nowadays. And so they can suck through it and 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 be okay with being unhappy and be like this is life we get to be unhappy and we get to struggle whereas now you've got dating websites you know you can access all these people at the click of your fingertip mm-hmm. yeah like swipe right swipe right there's so many right. options it's not just limited to the, the people in your town or your community you you have options and so people are like why would i want to sit in this relationship and be unhappy and try to work things out when there's all this other fish in the ocean that I can go explore. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's a very different world we live in today with all the new technology and the older generations, whether it's based on age or culture or whatever, they, they don't see it because it's changed so fast. And so they make the, the younger generation wrong with, with, you know, us wanting to call it quits or move on or file divorce or whatever it may be that's different from them. And and that's where the judgment comes from. You you get you told me a story um of a client of yours that um because of the culture that they were from in China, um, uh, which it, it it involved another woman. This involved involved do you recall that story that you shared? Would you mind sharing that again? We can leave names out for sure. But just to give um some people's uh, uh, an overview of of what some of the things are that they face. Yeah, yeah. So um in, in the Chinese culture, it's very common for the men to not be home, to be traveling and going, doing business abroad, going overseas and, and not being at home. And it's actually very common for men to have um, mistresses and um, second wives, third wives, you know, not legal wives, but mistresses on the side. That's actually very common. And there's actually a phrase in the Chinese language um it's called it means you open, you leave one eye open and you shut one eye. Yeah. Like you look at the things that will keep life going and the things that are not okay, like infidelity or your husband cheating, you close one eye on it. You just pretend you don't see it and you keep the marriage going. You keep the family going. You continue raising the kids. That's what that sentence means. And it's very common in the Chinese culture and in other Asian cultures for um, relationships to be like that, you know, for, for men to just, it's, it's like back in the emperor days, you know, Genghis Khan, the emperor, they had thousands of wives and concubines. Um, you know, the, the men, they don't have thousands of mistresses, but they, they have a few and the women close one eye, open one eye. You had t- talked about what happened, which I found really, really interesting, where you used culture from where this woman came from 
to determine the date of filing in a divorce. And I found that fascinating. Could you share about what the, the strategy was that you did there? Yeah, of course. So in California, the date of separation is critical because the length of the marriage is measured from the date of marriage. That That's easy. You know, you look at your marriage certificate, you know, the date of marriage, but the date of separation is not so clear cut. The date of separation is not necessarily the date you filed for divorce. It is not it's definitely not the day your divorce is finalized. Um, the date of separation is when the couple is no longer considered um, together. But that's so factually based. It's so subjective because some couples, they'll stop being together. They'll stop sleeping together. They'll stop living together. They'll have new relationships, but they won't file for divorce because it's so taboo to legally file for divorce. So they'll wait five years, 10 years, 15 years before they're like, okay, now we're finally going to file. But we haven't been a couple for years and years and years. So that date of separation is not the date that the divorce finally got filed with the courts. It's way back when they stopped being together and seeing each other as their partner. Um, So in the Chinese culture, because it's so normal for husbands to be away from the family, away from their wives. Um, there was one case that I worked on that there was a whole dispute about what the date of separation was. The man, in order to try to minimize his spousal support and also to not have to divide as many assets, he said the date of separation was way early on when he was already traveling for business and when he already had mistresses. The wife said, no, all this time, I thought you were still my husband because it's normal for husbands to go out and not come home. So I'm still home taking care of our children, taking care of the household, even though we don't live together because you're traveling for business, you're still my husband. And so the date of separation should be now because we're still husband and wife, even though we don't have a physical relationship. And so this whole ordeal was litigated and the difference in the number of years was more than five years. That's a huge difference, you know, between how much support she's going to get. And so they ended up having to call a cultural expert into the case to explain that it's normal for Chinese husbands to not be at home and be away from the family, but they're still a couple. They're still in a relationship, even though they're not physically together. And so that cultural expert was you. Uh-huh, exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, that's, and that's why it's so important when you have employees that are from different areas. And hopefully what this conversation today was, was to show you that um, you have employees from all over the world And they all experience differences in how we handle divorce. And there was one, and it's one of your uh, attorneys that work in your firm that did one on the Iranian divorce and how uh, that she's working on one for seven years because in Iran, uh, a husband and wife that divorces, the woman gets zero. And so he's rather shocked that he's here in the United States now, and that's not the case. And he doesn't want to settle because this is not 
the way divorce would have worked in his country. So you can start to see how these kinds of traditions um, that come along with culture, um, when they move here to the United States, that gets brought to them and is oftentimes a burden um, for them to get themselves out of as well as just the marriage itself. So they've got other things that are happening in their hearts and in their homes um, and in their families that in a traditional American family, we wouldn't have. So thank you for having this conversation with us today, Elizabeth. You have been uh, absolutely what I would consider that absolutely a cultural expert in, in Asian uh, matters in around specifically around divorce. So, so what I would love Elizabeth, if you would tell everybody how to get in touch with you out there in the LA uh, LAX area. Yeah, sure. Um, my website is yanglawoffices.com. That's Y-A-N-G-LawOffices.com. And my Instagram is uh, at YangLawOffices. Awesome. Thank you so much. So hope everybody, I hope that you got a lot out of this and understand that because people come to the United States from other countries, they also bring with them the culture that, that they have been brought up with. So thank you so much for opening our eyes to this conversation, Elizabeth. We appreciate you so much. And uh, we will be back next week with more conversations around how your employees experience divorce so that you can help them with the right resources like Elizabeth, um, uh, finding tips and techniques and discussion topics on how to help your employees as they move through this. So thank you so much. And we will see you all next week, uh, one o'clock Thursdays, Eastern time. Bye for now, everybody. Thank Bye, you. Bye for now. Thank you. Bye. Thanks so much for joining us on Divorce Right HR Solutions for Divorce in the Workplace. If you know someone who would benefit from something you've learned today, please share this with them. And if you found value, please leave us a review.